Hello and welcome to The Quiz Kids from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Quiz kids are on the air. I'm not Mr. Kelly, I'm Harvey Deitch, but this is the Quiz Kids program. Mr. Kelly's on vacation this week, and he asked that we kids try to do the program ourselves today. That's what we're going to do, and we'll do the best we can. First, we'll do the regular opening just as Mr. Kelly does it. Quiz Kid Melvin Miles is chief bell ringer. Quiz Kid Lonnie Lundy is at the organ. Quiz Kid Pat McConlon will take Mr. Kelly's place to start with. So hold on to your hats. Here we go. Ring the bell, Melvin. Hello, everyone. This is your chief quizzer himself, Pat Conlon. And here they are, the Quiz Kids. And here's your first question, Quiz Kids. In a forest, there were nine rows of elm trees, nine trees in each row, nine branches on each tree, nine twigs on each branch, and nine acorns on each twig. How many acorns were there altogether? And while you and our listeners are thinking about it, I want to explain that since no one of us could take Joe Kelly's place, we're all going to try it. That's right, we'll take turns asking our own questions and believe me, everyone has been very careful that no one else has seen his or her questions. Oh, but first of all, we have to get rid of roll call. Mark? I'm Mark Mullen. I'm 10 years old, and I go to the University of Chicago Laboratory School. All right, Joel? I'm Joel Kufferman. I'm 14 years old, and I'm a junior at Roosevelt High School. Melvin? I'm Melvin Miles. I'm se- 7 years old, and I go to Norwood Park School, Chicago, Illinois. And in our charm department, Marlene? I'm Marlene Richmond. I'm 15 years old, and 3A at Roosevelt High School. Harvey? I'm Harvey Deitch. I'm seven years old. I go to Hebrew School in grade 3B. <coughs> All right, and our organist, Lonnie. I'm Lonnie Lundy. I'm 14 years old and will be a sophomore at Maine Township High School in Park Ridge, Illinois. And I'm Patrick Owen Conlon. I'm 13 years old, and in the fall, I'll be a freshman at Calumet High School. And now, back to that first question. In a forest, there were nine rows of elm trees, nine trees in each row, nine branches on each tree, nine twigs on each branch, and nine acorns in each twig. How many acorns were there all together? There's one hand up, and naturally his was first. <laughs> Joel? Uh, well, I don't know whether I'm right on this, but I figured out there was 59,139. No. Boy, I got Oh, you're wrong uh, on that, Joel. Let's see, it's uh, 9 cubed is 729, and uh, 9 times that is, let's see, 63, uh, 6561 uh, times uh, 9 more, that's 540, 584, oh, wait, some 584. Uh, nine times well, uh, Joe, five. I want to uh, tell you that this is sort of a 
590. Uh, repeat so, the uh, final question then, please. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm afraid we'll have to Wait give saying, the uh, answer then. I got a 59,000 and 40. Well, I'm afraid you're off the beam, Joel. The answer is none. Acorns don't grow on elm trees. They grow on oak trees. Oh. <laughs> well, Joel, that was wonder wonderful figuring, but it was just one of those catch questions we get a lot of times here. All right. Now, I will give you the first names of these famous pairs. You are to identify two out of three of them by giving me their last names. Now, the first, Elizabeth and Philip. Elizabeth and Philip. Joel? I think that's uh, Barrett and Browning. No. Elizabeth. No. no. Oh, no that's right. <laughs> uh, any other hands up on this? Elizabeth and Philip. Well, the answer is Mountbatten, because it's Elizabeth and Philip Mountbatten, and, of course, uh, it's Princess Elizabeth of England. All right. How about Mary and Joe? Mary and Joe. Gee, better get this. That's all I can say. Uh, Marlene? Well, this is supposed to be funny in jokes or something? Uh, Joe Palooka? No, it Joe Palooka. Mary and Joe. Well, Lonnie has his hand up over at the organ there. Well, Joe Kelly and That's Mary... That's right! <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, you saved the day for us, Lonnie. And, uh, Mr. Kelly, I hope you're li listening and enjoying the show. And here's the last part of it. Bartlett and Sickle. Bartlett and Sickle. This is kind of a catch question, too. I'm just loaded with catch questions here. This is famous pears, remember. Bartlett and Sickle. All right, Joel? Well, that's uh, pears that they grow on trees. That's right, the Bartlett <laughs> pear and the Sickle pear. All right, now each of the songs played by our organist, Lonnie Lundy, has numbers in the titles. You are to add the numbers and sing the first lines of a song which has the same number as the answer in its title. Understand? All right, here's the first one. for two. The second one was T for two. Now, does anyone know what the first one was? We've got the T for two. Now, uh, maybe you play a little more of it. Any more hands up? Well, there's the bell. So, um, I'm going to, uh, get, oh, tell the answer on this one. Okay. <laughs> All right. It was three o'clock in the morning that first one, and then T for two. Three plus two is five, so they could sing what? Five minutes more, anything like that. All right, now here comes Mark down. So uh, Mark is coming now to take... I know you're all very interested in the $100 bonds you are given, you're going to get to help your future education. So here's your first question. Whose face appears on the $100 savings bond that you will received today. Marlene? That's McKinley, isn't it? No. Joel? Cleveland? 
Joel? I'll ask us now, say, Grover Cleveland. Cleveland is right. <laughs> what is wrong with this story? A man went to church with his wife. He fell asleep during the service and began the dream he was being attacked by robbers. Just as he dreamed, one of the robbers stabbed him. His wife punched him to wake him up. He died instantly, and the doctor said he died of a heart attack brought on by the fact that his dream coincided with his wife's punching him. Joel? Well, if he was uh, dreaming and asleep, he wouldn't uh, have uh, uh, known that he was dreaming. So the fact that it coincided wouldn't have meant anything t to him. The dream itself would have been the uh, reason that he had had the heart attack. Well, do you, can you think of another answer? I've got, <laughs> I've, got one, I've got another one on my card. Pat? Well, Mark, did you say he was in church? Yes. Joel? Well, I don't see how, uh, if a person uh, punches you, it feels like they're going to stab you. Well, they have, a, well, see, he was dreaming, and the, he would, and the robber, just as the robber stabbed him, the, his wife punched him to wake him up. Well, I have to call that a miss. The doctor could not possibly know what he had be, been dreaming if he died instantly. Oh. <laughs> What president was the least talkative but the most photographed? Maline? Could that be George Washington? No. Adams? No. Pat? Well, I know Coolidge was the least talkative. I don't know if he was the most That's right. All right. <laughs> Here's a three-part nature question. Get two out of three. What is the largest animal that ever lived? Harvey? The blue whale? Right. What is the only known mammal that has a poisonous bite? Marlene? Is a snake a mammal? A no. Mammal. Ha, um, Harvey? No. I have to count that a miss. It's the shrew. And is Ireland the only country where there are no snakes? The answer is no, New Zealand has none. All right. There's the bell, and it's Joel's turn to be quiz master. All right, Joel, start in. Uh, in what era were dinosaurs most plentiful? Uh, Mark? The era of reptiles. Oh, there's a name for the era, or you can oh. at least give the numerical. Harvey? Cretaceous? Hmm? Cretaceous? Uh, Jurassic? No. <laughs> uh, uh, Marlene? Uh, it doesn't start with an E, you're all... Uh, no, it doesn't start with an E, you're no. There are, there, uh, there are five eras. Maybe that would give you some help, Harvey. Caveman era? No. Uh, uh, Mark? Oh, Pat? Well, uh, I know there was the era of reptiles and the era of fishes. Well, th there are names for them. We can at least oh. tell which one in order they came. Jurassic? Cretaceous? <laughs> <laughs> uh, was it the first, the third, the fourth, or what? Well, okay, I'll stick my... That was the was second. It no, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was the fourth, the Mesozoic era. Uh, that was a mess. And uh, here's the second question. At uh, three times in our history, 
the liberal wing of the Republican Party has broken off and put up a candidate of its own. Name the men and the years in which they ran. Get two out of three. Pat? Well, I think in 1924, um, LaFollette ran. Uh, no, wait a second. It wasn't 1924, I think. <laughs> yeah, I guess it was. 24. And uh, oh. I know in uh, 1912 uh, that Teddy Roosevelt ran. Yes. Well, you got two out of three. Can you uh, well, think of I'll the third see one? This one uh, wouldn't... You they ran under the name of progressives. You might not think of this uh, because they were nominally under the Democratic Party in this mm -hmm. instance. Of well, Marlene? I'm not sure. It had something to do with Clay and uh, no, Buchanan. No, didn't even utter you. <laughs> All right. Uh, the uh, first time was uh, Horace Greeley in uh, 1872. And uh, let's see. It, uh, we all know the name of our president, but uh, who is the president of France? Pat? Oh, uh, it's uh, Vincent Oriol, I think. Uh, okay. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Here, uh, uh, our organist, Lonnie Lundy, will help us out with this music question. You kids are to identify the songs he will play and name the opera. Okay. Marlene? It's Habanera, and that's from Carmen by Bizet. Didn't get much of a chance, did you? <laughs> well, uh, the, the second... Pat? Well, that's the Evening Star, and I think it's from Tannhauser. No. Correct. Well, all right. There's the bell, and it's Melvin's turn to ask the questions now. Oh, Melvin, don't forget to take that bell with you so you can ring it for yourself. Well, Quizkids, here's your first one. How many stomachs does a giraffe have? Joe? I think it has the uh, same number as the cow, which is four, because uh, it uh, chews its food in the much the same way. That's right. Here's our next one, Quiz Kids. What great scientist was called the Peanut King? Joe? That was George Washington Carver, and he did much research in that field. Well, Joe, are you sure? Yeah. Well, you're really on your ball. <laughs> Here's your next one. How many black squares on a checkerboard? Joe? 32, because there's 64 squares altogether and half the number are black. You're right again. Here's our next one. If you were aloft in a bubble, what kind of transportation would you be using? Joe? Oh, aerial, I guess you'd call it. No. Would you please repeat the question? If you were aloft in a bubble, what kind of transportation would you be using? Balloon? No. Marlene? I was going to say balloon. <laughs> Pat? Well, isn't the bubble name for some type of uh, jet plane or... Uh... Airplane? Well, that could be right, too. Is that a helicopter? Yes, you're right. <laughs> Here's the next one. What is the largest country in South America? Joe? <laughs> Joe? Brazil. Right. 
Well, this looks like a doozer. Let's see. Which, which president was the youngest when he went into office? Joe? Uh, that was Teddy Roosevelt. I think it was 43. What was that again? I think it was Teddy Roosevelt. He was no. 40. No. What? I guess that's right. <laughs> well, here's our next one. A man called a cowboy of the skies would do what kind of work? Joel? I guess he'd go, I think I've heard of these, read of these people in these uh, magazines. They go over herds of cattle, and I think they have sort of lassoes. No, Marlene? Wouldn't it be rodeo work? No. Pat? Well, it might be air photography. Well, no, not that. Do you give up? Oh, Mark? Ranch work? What? Ranch work? No. Nothing pertaining to cowboys. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> a man called a cowboy of the skies would do what kind of work? Do you give up? Mark? Um, sky riding? No. I guess I guess I'll have to call that a miss. A man called the cowboys of the sky of a sky of the skies is a man who builds steel structures on the of the skyscrapers. Here's the bell. Now your turn is over, Melvin. And Marlene, you can start right in. Okay, for the qu first question, kids. In what opera will you find a woman disguised as a man? And can you give the composer? Joel? Well, I believe that was Lenore by, uh, no, it was Fidelio, or, well, it was one or the other by Beethoven. That's, uh, well, Pat, did you have no, any was... answers? No. It's Fidelio by Beethoven, so we'll call that right. Okay. You are to get two out of three of these composers. What famous composer was called the father of modern music? Joel? Would that be George Gershwin? No, it wouldn't. No other hands up? Oh, that's John Sebastian Bach. <laughs> what famous composer is called America's folk songwriter? Joel. Uh, Stephen Foster. That's right. What famous composer was called the Wonder Child? Pat. That was Mozart. That's right. Okay. And now, kids, let's get back, go back into history for, uh, for a few questions. Identify these famous uh, people in history. President of the Confederacy. Jo I mean, Pat. <laughs> that was Jefferson Davis. That's right. Uh, author of the famous pamphlet, Common Sense. Joel? Tom Paine. Thomas Paine. That's correct. The Little Giant. Uh, Pat. Oh, that was Stephen Douglas. That's right. Okay. Secretary of State Dean Acheson hinted the other day that maybe we should use the atom bomb to make Koreans cease fighting. Do you think we should? Joel? Definitely not, because it had set a uh, dangerous uh, precedent. So anytime we'd have trouble or disagree with the government, uh, we might drop it. So we shouldn't start things now that we might be able to finish. You have a good point there, Pat. Well, I thoroughly agree with Joel. I think it would just cause more trouble, and everybody would be thrown into a panic because of it. And uh, certainly our enemies are not, would not take such a thing laying down. They would. Uh, Harvey, do you have any idea on this question? No. No? <laughs> uh, Melvin? Well, I, I think that uh, they, they are to just um, not use the 
atom bomb until uh, it's really, until it's really needs some use. I think that they should just keep peace. And what about uh, Mark? Have you got something? Well, I think they should just not use it for a while until we actually get in hot war. Of course, we're fighting Korea, but when we actually start fighting a bad war. That's right. And uh, Joel has his hand up again. Uh, well, if we, say, drop it on North Korea, there would be uh, n nothing to stop uh, Russia than dropping on South Korea, and then we'd just uh, be in uh, more trouble than we were before. Well, that's what I would say, too. I definitely don't think we should use the atom bomb. Well, there's the bell, and it's Harvey's turn to be quiz master. All right, Harvey. Why is Caesar the praying P-R-A-Y-I-N-G mantis, or the praying P-R-E-Y-I-N-G mantis, a good name for this insect? Mark? Well, P-R-A-Y-I-N-G, well, P-R-A-Y-N is with, because the praying mantis looks as though it's praying because its front legs are crossed. They've been in front of And then P-R-E-Y-N would be because it preys on other animals. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Kids all enjoy growing up, but what insect is a baby most of its life? Um, pet. Pet. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that'd be a caterpillar, wouldn't it? No. Joel. Well, I, I'd agree with Pat. It's uh, most moths and butterflies spend the uh, greatest uh, part of their lives in a uh, larva stage. No. Not, um, Mark? No. Well, I was going to say an ant. Would that be correct? No. The periodical cicada, or the 17-year locust. <laughs> the earliest people that scientists know much about lived during the last of the Great, great Ice Age. They are always in danger of being killed by their animal enemies. Can you name two of the animal enemies? Um, Pat? Well, I think there was the brontosaurus and, uh, or no, no, that wasn't. Uh, there was the mammoth and the uh, mastodon. I think they were forerunners no. of the modern elephant. No, no. <laughs> Marlene? Well, would that be a dinosaur? No. Uh, uh, a gorilla? No. No. Uh, Mark? Mammoth or saber-toothed tiger? Well, not the mammoth, but the saber-toothed tigers, right? Joe? Well, they had uh, various uh, great mammals then, but uh, dinosaur dinosaurs were extinct before uh, man appeared. Yes, that's right. Melvin? Well, could you repeat that question? <laughs> <laughs> The earliest people that scientists know much about lived in during the last of the Great Ice Age. They are always in danger of being killed by their animal enemies. Can you name two of the animal enemies? <laughs> well, that's a myth. <laughs> you gave one of the animal enemies marked it. 
the saber-toothed tiger, and the giant cave bear, and some and the woolly boars. Name two animal friends that man had in the Great Ice Age. Joel? Oh, the dog and the horse. Well, <laughs> well, you're right about the horse, but not the dog. Mark? Well, I was going to say the dog. Well, I was going to say uh, the horse, but uh, could it be a beaver also because it cut down trees? Uh, help. Oh. Joe? Well, I suppose at that time they had cattle too, so it could be a horse and the cow. No. No. <laughs> well, well, there's the, 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 the horse, ranger, and buffalo mammoth. Have <laughs> you heard these sounds in the woods? What bird might it be? Teacher, teacher, teacher. Ma, um, Mark? Oven bird. Huh? The oven bird. Well, what's another name for it? <laughs> teacher bird. Right. <laughs> now, now, now try this one. Now try this one. Coquillicot. Really? Really? Coquillicot? A Coquillicot? A victory? A victory? Z, Z, Z. <laughs> Marlene? Would that be a parrot? He repeats everything you say? No. No? What? No hand? What? No hand? I guess, <laughs> well, I guess I don't sound much like a bird. <laughs> See if I do this one any better. <laughs> Mark? Well, that could be almost any of the wrens. That's right. Name three parts of the snake that may grow again after he loses them. Joel? I mean, Mark? Well, he loses no. his skin and that, well, that grows even before his second coat of skin even grows even before his first coat's gone. J Joel? Well, on the rattlesnake, I believe the rattles can grow uh, on again if they're cut off. No. Well, that's a myth. It's skin, teeth, and fangs. To be a true fish, an animal must have a backbone, gills, fins, and never grow arms and legs. Can you tell why the following are not a true fish? Jellyfish. Mar um. Marlene? Because it doesn't have a backbone. Or it hasn't—it hasn't got a scale, a backbone, right? Well, yeah. Well, well it doesn't. No, well, it hasn't. That's right. That's <laughs> <laughs> no. Has no backbone. Starfish. Um, Mark. It doesn't have any backbone either. No. Yeah, that's right. Now, now, um, Joel. Well, it also has arms. How about the crayfish now? Joel? Well, the crayfish is a crustacean and it has a line crust uh, for uh, its uh, back. It, it doesn't have the backbone that the fish has. <laughs> well, there's that old school bell. And that means the end of lessons for today. Lonnie has been keeping score over there at the organ. And while he figures out today's winners, I'll call on Melvin Miles to wish us to make an announcement about next week's program. Be sure to listen to Quiz Kids every Sunday over the same network. I hope you listeners liked our Quiz Kids 
program today. Next Sunday, we will have a special guest, Quiz Kid, who is the winner of the local New York City Quiz Kid program, nine-year-old Jonathan Glogower. And next Sunday, Mr. Kelly will be back, and, and we will have a surprise for you from the Ringling Brothers and Barlam and Bailey Circus. And now I think Lonnie has given Harvey the report cards. Yes, Quiz Kid. Here are your report cards, Quiz Kid. And remember, whether you win or lose, you'll receive a, each receive a $100 savings bond for your future education. As a group, you miss 10 questions, and after taking into consideration your age, as well as the number of correct answers you gave, the judge reports that Joel was first, Pat was second, and Marlene third. So you three will be in class next Sunday, together with Frankie, then their plug, age six, and nine-year-old Jonathan Glogauer of Brooklyn, New York. So until next Sunday, this is Harvey Deitch, dismissing the quiz kids. Goodbye, kids. Goodbye, goodbye Harvey. And since we know that Mr. Kelly is listening, let's all say goodbye to him, too. One, two, three. Goodbye, goodbye Mr. Kelly. Quiz Kids Quiz Quiz Kids is a loose G Cowan production. Programs get your programs here. Loritz Milkier, our former Metropolitan Opera tenor, will be guest soloist on the, on the summer concert series this evening with Max Ryder Reader. Then conducting the NBC Symphony Orchestra in varied selections from the popular and light classic fields. Let's tell them this is NBC, the national broadcasting company, huh, Harvey? This is 